Suzanne Soule, and Matt on keys. Dude, you kicked it out, as always. <laughs> I don't know what this is. Is it mine? <laughs> oh, all right. Though I don't always get what I'm looking for, I always get what I'm looking from. Ooh. <laughs> I got your number. <laughs> Though I don't always get what I'm looking for, I always get what I'm looking from. Let's break this down. Looking for love from I'm not lovable. Looking for financial freedom from I don't know how to make money. Looking for success from I'm a failure. (laughs) It's your unconscious beliefs that actually create your reality. And it speaks to, it speaks very stark, just like that. I'm a failure. I can't do this. I don't. It's very, very strong. Most of us will deny it. Most of us will not, are not able to own the intensity and the aggressiveness of the uh, subconscious mind, of the subjective mind, how strongly it denies um, things like our success, our lovability. It has a very, very deep-rooted nature about it, and it's very aggressive. Ernest Holmes says, what a person has and what they are is the result of the subjective state of their thoughts. So what you have right now, what is happening in your life right now, red dot, you are here, snapshot, this is the state of your subjective mind, of the unconscious mind that files and gathers the beliefs about who you think you are, what you think about other people, and what you think about the world. That is exactly what you are outpicturing and experiencing in your life. This is how it goes. So the objective mind, which is the conscious mind, says, I can make a million dollars this year. And you feel the joy of that. But very quickly, the subjective mind says, there is no way in hell you are going to make that kind of money. There's no way. So what you do next is you drink three, four beers, you watch some reruns on television, you do things like that. You move into the unconscious escape. You take the escape route because the mind is opposing itself and you don't know what to do with it. Now, this isn't happening consciously. I want you to get that. Consciously, I'm going to make a million dollars this year. woo But subconsciously. If there is resistance, sometimes you'll hear it. Sometimes if you're listening, you literally will hear the voice. But very often, you'll just start to feel bad. You'll just start to feel a little off. And that's when you start to move into your escape routes. That's when you start to find those things that will take you out of the pain of those opposing voices. The truth of the matter is, in God, there is no failure. It's actually not possible. It's not possible for this thing called God to fail, to experience lack or limitation, to experience even fear. It's not possible for this to occur. But if failure exists as a possibility, and for many of us as a reality, 
as a way that you have defined things that have occurred in your life, when you have stamped something as a failure from your past or your current experience, when you have personally placed that stamp upon it, it now becomes your experience. And as that reading so beautifully said, if you have stamped something a failure last year without dissolving that definition and the container in which you placed it in, If you do not dissolve that, you will then repeat that experience in the upcoming year. Now, who wants to do that? Okay. (laughs) None of us is what I'm going to say to that one. None of us do. But here's the deal. If it's real to you, then it's what you do. If it's real to you, it's what you do. So we want to work on that because we're starting to move into a new year. And we want to really do some deep work to get ourselves ready to release us from that, from any negativity or any thoughts of failures. There's a story about a man who decided to paint a picture of a tiger on a bedroom wall in his house. And a beautiful picture of a tiger. He painted it, did a whole mural of this tiger. Well, as he was walking down the hall past the room, he started to feel afraid of the tiger. He started to get nervous, like maybe the tiger was going to come and get him. So this kept increasing day in, day out, so he closed the door of the bedroom. But as he walked past the room, more and more, it wouldn't go away. So more and more afraid, he put up boarding, and he kind of, you know, locked up the room and made it not accessible, do not enter, and just really barricaded the door so you couldn't get in it at all in the room. Felt relief for a moment, but the fear kept increasing. So finally, he was just so afraid to even go down the hall anywhere near the room. In his own home, he avoided that area completely. But the thought of that tiger getting out of that room and devouring him, killing him, got stronger and stronger and stronger. Until finally, he moves out of his house and he moves into the garage. Because he thinks, if I'm out of the house, I'll be safe. But even in his garage, the tiger, if he can get out of the barricaded room, the tiger can get out of the house. And if the tiger can get out of the house, the tiger's going to find him in the garage. So more and more afraid until the story goes, he's sleeping in his garage with a shotgun in hand, waiting for the tiger to come and get him. Now, the tiger is not real. But this man has built his whole life around the fear of an illusionary tiger coming to get him. And his life shrinks more and more and more until he's afraid to leave the garage with a shotgun in hand. That is what many of us do. That is called the psychological fear. Something that is not real. But because we believe it to be true, we shrink our lives, we protect ourselves from that which isn't real. So just like... The man who's running from the tiger painted on the wall. We, if we have a belief that we could fail, if you have an idea that something bad is going to occur and you're not going to make it, it's not possible for you. You will, like this man, construct your life to avoid the thing that isn't real. And the more you do that, the more the fear increases. And your life doesn't expand and get over it. Your life, like the man in the story, shrinks more and more and more. So if you do not address the psychological fear of failure, it will increase 
in the way that it affects your reality. And there are many people on this planet that have absolutely given up. They live in a small little house in a very, very small little environment, going to the store, doing what they have to do, and and unplugging from life, disconnecting from their dreams, any possibility, relationships, life itself, because the fear has caused them to contract so much. Now, I know that's not you. You're here. You're on the cutting edge of consciousness. You're here to really cause something magnificent in your life. That's why you're here at Bodhi. And we need to, too, look at where have you agreed to this false idea, the tiger on the wall that says failure, that says failure is possible. It's real easy to do. Again, over and over, we we let you, there's nothing wrong with you for doing this. The world of duality in which we live in, which is not real, is designed this way. There are winners and there are losers. There are those that will succeed. There are those that will fail. That is how the world is designed. And that's the consciousness that you grew up in. So you can't solve the problem inside of that consciousness. You're not going to solve the belief in failure in the world of duality. You must awaken to the truth of oneness of this thing called God that isn't this illusory man up in the sky somewhere keeping score, but a very presence of unconditional goodness that has no opposite. You need to immerse yourself in the divinity of your being. This is what we do. When you begin to awaken to the idea of that is who you are, you begin to live, move, and have your being from a completely different idea. I don't know if you can even comprehend the movement from the world of duality to the awakened state of oneness. It is completely and utterly different. And as you open up and realize and awaken to the oneness of life that is all created from this very same vibration of love and freedom, when you start to realize this, contemplate this, think about this, cause this in your life, you will literally look at the world of duality the same way you will look at yourself as a third grader playing games on the playground. It will be that silly to you and sort of fun. I mean, hey, why not? There's a little fun in there, but not much, not much to be had. So it is the movement from that idea itself to the revelation of oneness that allows you to be in the driver's seat. And suddenly you will be able to stand directly in the face of that which says you are a failure and you won't move. You won't turn. You won't run because you will see it as a ghost. You will literally see it as not real, and you will laugh. You will laugh in the face of that which used to scare you, just like the boogeyman from childhood. It will suddenly become so clear to you, and you step, you make a quantum leap in consciousness into a whole new way of being. You know, we're in this, moving into this new, the Mayan calendars ending 2012 and all that stuff, and for me, it doesn't represent the destruction of the world. I don't believe that we're going to just pop and blow up and then it's over. I do believe strongly that there is something profound happening right now, but it's happening in consciousness. What is being deconstructed are these psychological fears, are these beliefs about yourself as separate 
prior to this particular consciousness, to the vibration that is here now, it was just for a few. And the rest of the people walked around going, what, what? There was just no way, no way to get it. No matter, I mean, you know, this dude, Jesus, was here thousands and thousands of years ago, and still people are like, what? I mean, like, he had such a message of oneness that just was not literally not comprehensible because people were still living from the component of the brain that is survival, living from the part of the brain that is just in the world, get through and survive. That part of the brain has served us. We've actually overused it. It's, over, it's overextended. The muscle's way too large for most of us. However, other parts of the brain are beginning to open up and awaken, and you can now access frontal lobes. You can now access literally parts of who you are, ways of thinking, ways of connecting that's happening. You can do that. You can literally do that which Jesus did. You can literally do that which Buddha did. You can literally do that which the gurus and the saints and the sages have been talking about for thousands of years. Today, today, give me an amen. Don't look at me. Just give me an (laughs) amen. Today. Today is when we can do this, and that's what's exciting. We're not here to just talk about an idea and then go home and have a different life. You're not here to go, okay, on Sunday it's this, but six, uh, six days of the week it's something else. You're here to let yourself whew, completely open and be fully present here so that all of you is included in this message. And then this message is fully included with where you go from here. That's what's occurring here. So take a deep breath and breathe that idea in. So what do we do? We need a few, you need a few tools to face your, um, your dragon, your, sorry, your dragon, <laughs> your tiger <laughs> that is now turned into a dragon <laughs> that says you're a failure. So I said the first thing you do is you face it. You don't run. You stay breathing. You stay present in relationship to this. And then you get in touch with your divine reality. The science of mind says to declare God, the spirit of God never fails. You can just put that in your back pocket. And you can pull that out over and over and over again. The spirit of God never fails. And who's the spirit of God? You. I am the spirit of God. Say that. I am the spirit of God, and the spirit of God never fails. That's a perfect equation. That is a workable equation. I am the spirit of God. The spirit of God never fails. Therefore, or whatever you want to say, paint a whole picture of what's possible. I am the spirit of God. The spirit of God never fails. Therefore, whatever it is, tell your story. Tell your truth. Empower your voice from that foundation. This is how we do it. Now, part of the mind may go, oh, now you're faking it. Now, now, now you're pretending. But I'm not talking about denying what's happening in the world of form or arguing with it. I'm talking about taking your attention off of it. Placing your attention upon the holiness, the wholeness of your being. 
and establishing yourself in that. You know, Abraham Hicks says, get into the vortex. Get into the center of that vibration of light, of joy, of where you're just feeling good. When you're feeling good, the first and primary goal that we have to feel good. When you're in that vibration, you are feeling the spirit of God. And from that vibration, activate your word. It is your word that when you use it with um, intention, calmly but powerfully, declaring what is true for you, that is literally activating this universe. It is activating this entire universe to work in your favor. You know, we say this almost every single week. I'm very passionate about us really, really getting this, that all that is happening is happening for you. Every week, we reaffirm, all that is happening is happening for you, which means parts of your brain need to be reframed around what's happening because you're still calling some things bad and wrong. And to the extent that you're still using that, using your word to define your experience as that, to that extent, you cannot experience oneness because nothing's bad and wrong in God. So we've got to switch our focus. This is happening for me. There's a quote from Proverbs that I found this week that I love. It says, blows that wound cleanse away evil. Strokes make clean the innermost parts. Blows that wound cleanse away evil. Strokes make clean the innermost parts. So that which looks like it's happening to you in the world of form. This is Proverbs, man. Old Testament is sitting here telling you. Proverbs is an Old Testament, right? <laughs> That'd be really embarrassing. Take two. Proverbs, which is in the Bible, <laughs> says, it says, blows that wound, cleanse away evil. That which is taking you deep into feeling, oh my God, I feel so hurt, so wounded. It is going deep inside of you to remove you from that idea. And it cleanses, I love this, strokes may clean the innermost parts. The innermost parts are not your physical body. The innermost parts is your consciousness, your thought system, your mind, your emotional body. This is who you are. And this is what gets cleansed. This is what gets healed and restored. And when it's open and receptive and clear, whoo, the power of your word manifested unencumbered, no resistance. That's what the master teacher, that's why. They could walk around just like this, using their word, because they knew it was for good. They were in alignment with good. They were clear vessels. So manifestation was timeless. This is what's possible for us today. So about your past, let us today very consciously declare, which I believe comes from Alcoholics Anonymous, nothing ever happens in God's world by mistake. Can you embrace that? About your past, right up to this moment, nothing has ever happened in your life by mistake. Take a deep breath. Close your eyes for a moment. Don't just, don't, let's not bypass this. Anything that rises up, what have you called a mistake? What have you labeled a mistake? Erase it. Nothing. Nothing that has happened in my past is a mistake. Nothing. Let yourself breathe that in. 
and imagine those healing words finding their way to any pockets that you have labeled as failures. You don't even need to know what they are. Perhaps the image will rise up. Who cares? Let the words, nothing, nothing ever happens in God's world by mistake. Breathe that in again. And so we allow this to be the truth about our past. It's over, nothing wrong. You got that? Good. So about your present moment, let us declare, let's, let's get that one up. We can declare this together, actually. This is the right here and now. There you go. Let's say this together. Right here and now, I have all that I need to succeed and live my most magnificent life. That's a truth statement. That inherent in that is the equation that will fulfill itself in combination with the truth you just spoke about your past. Do you get that? Passed over, nothing wrong ever happened. It's done. Now, present moment, you can declare that you have all that you need to succeed and to live your most magnificent life. Whatever success means to you, whatever magnificent life means to you, in alignment with the God of your being, it's for good. It is absolutely for good. And let's take a moment and look at our future. And we declare my future is pre-stamped, a total success. So no point in waiting. I'm going for it now. Shall we? My future is pre-stamped, a total success. So no point in waiting. I'm going for it now. Now this equation makes your future present moment. So that which you are dreaming about declaring is now is now, and there's nothing blocking the fulfillment of this. Nothing. There is no tiger of failure that is real. It's not real. And if you have painted it on your wall the same way that this man did, the same way that many, many, many people have, if you have painted it on the wall of your consciousness, we are declaring that that is done. We are just putting beautiful, brand new, clear white paint over that. (laughs) Paint the wall so that it's just an open canvas for you to create whatever it is. Are you with me on this? You're not a failure. You can't fail. You are the Spirit of God, and the Spirit of God cannot fail. Therefore, you can't either. And so it is. So it is. All right, we need to pray on that one, yes?